0: Courtside Club is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook. You bet, you get with Caesars Rewards. Must be 21 or older.
1: My breakup body like- was
0: shredded. <laughs> Guys, I'm Rachel D'Amita, and welcome to the Courtside Club today. I'm super excited because I'm joined by an Emmy-nominated host. You guys have seen him on E! and the Today Show, Justin Sylvester.
1: Hello. Welcome to the
0: Courtside Club.
1: ESPN has some money, honey. This is a setup. <laughs> okay,
0: <laughs>
1: Do you need to call NBC and tell them about what's happening here? I
0: love the crossover. You could come over to the sports world and do some stuff for us.
1: You know what? I'd probably get fired on my second game. I wouldn't do anything but chase dudes around the locker room. <laughs> I'm like the worst. I literally am the worst. You, you are so lucky that like I don't have an ovary. Cause if I did, I would literally have a baby in every association.
0: Okay. Well, we will keep you in the entertainment <laughs> space. I'm yes,
1: just kidding. Do it. Do it.
0: <laughs> but speaking of the entertainment space, you've been absolutely killing it. And it's so cool to watch you. your journey. Um, and I've especially been watching on the Today Show lately, some of the interviews that you did there to where you've really been able to open up and tell more about your story. yeah, And that's something that we like to do on the Courtside Club is give people a courtside view into your life. Oh, damn. I thought
1: we were going to be talking about everybody else.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we'll get to that point. You know that we can share some gossip with you, right? I know, right? Don't
1: you find it easier to talk to other people about their lives? And not about your own.
0: Honestly, yeah. When I go on other people's podcasts, it's kind of frightening. They'll ask me a question and I'm stuttering. But then when I'm asking other people, I'm okay with it.
1: It's wild. It it feels, um, unreal. Like when I see people who are like A-list celebrities who like talk about themselves in third person or like are always (laughs) ready for an interview. Yeah. I'm like, this is. I I envy that because I cringe thinking that someone is going to listen to this and think that I enjoy talking about myself. You know what I mean? So it's weird.
0: But why would you cringe? Because I think your story is something that people can aspire to and look up to. And its I was inspired by your story. Well,
1: I like that part of it. Uh That's the the upside of it. But a lot of times I always feel weird telling a story that's unfinished. Okay. Like if somebody looks at my life and they're like, you know, this is it, you're on cable. Like I look at my life and I'm like, you're you you didn't, hadn't hit it yet. Like right. you're still on cable TV, which is phenomenal. But there are just other places that I want to go. You know what I mean? So What are those feel- other
0: places that you want to go?
1: Like, I want to do a spin on the Today Show and wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning. Doesn't that sound so lovely? Like, what am I thinking? So I
0: was an intern, and I did that for the the local news in Washington, D.C., where my call time was 3.30 every morning. So that's what I did in college, yeah. Brutal. But I was doing nothing but, like, editing scripts and getting the host coffee, you know? (laughs) So I didn't have, like, the fun part of that job, necessarily. By the way, at
1: 19... That's lit, okay? Like, if you're doing that at 19, you're good. You're Gucci. All you need (laughs) is, like, a Red Bull. Like, you're fine. At 35, waking up before the sun comes up (laughs) is so brutal that you can't even, like, you're like, let me look at this direct deposit before I, like, lose my mind. It is, it's a grind. It's also a grind to... Wake up and go to work. And like most people have a job where there's a boss or manager that critiques right. their, their work. But I have Twitter, you know, I have Instagram followers. I have people who watch the show that want to tell me when I said a word wrong, when my outfit was wrong. You have right. YouTube comments that and you'll also
0: have on this episode. Yeah. You, know? <laughs> yes.
1: you know, and I, it's, it's tough. It's like a tough thing because people think because you're in the public eye, you can take it. And at times, that's not always the truth.
0: How do you deal with that?
1: I look at other people's Instagrams that have worse comments. No, <laughs> no, 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 no.
0: Yo, Let actually, I love this advice. <laughs> Let me
1: explain it. Let me explain it. I have a friend who is, I used to work for this Real housewife of Beverly Hills. And when we first started the show, people, it was like a new genre of, of, Of reality because it was like kind of the first time that Twitter people and hashtags, those things were really big. And the (laughs) that people would say to this woman was so outrageous. And it I realized it's because people thought that they knew her. She invited them into her home every week. Right. And, you know, they tell this compelling story. They add all this dramatic music and everyone has to pick a side. And I used to – what I would do is I – I don't even know if she knows this, but an episode would drop on Thursday. So on Friday mornings, I would wake up at 5 because she woke up at 6.30. And who is this? Kyle Richards. Okay. She'd wake up at 6.30. And what I would do is I would delete some of the harsher comments so oh, she wow. wouldn't see them. And I worked for her for five years. I did this for five years. And even when I quit, I would still do it for like a year after.
0: So but you have her like Instagram I had her login. login. Yeah,
1: but her login still.
0: Oh my gosh, so we I'll should go in. We should hack it.
1: Oh my gosh, she would kill us. She would kill <laughs> I'm us. I'm just kidding. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay. But like, I would, I would go in and delete some of the comments. So when I get one or two, maybe five comments, yeah. that are like, oh my god, what's he doing on that show, or why he he's annoying, or he's this or he's that. I honestly will go to other people's comments, or The Shade Room is really good about it. The Shade Room, everybody's haters in The Shade they Room. They go crazy they in go the crazy. comments there. Yeah. Five minutes on the John, looking at somebody else's comments, <laughs> and I'm Gucci. <laughs> you know?
0: Do you ever respond to negative comments?
1: Sometimes. Have you ever heard um, the saying, I have time today?
0: Yeah. Sometimes I have time. Sometimes I... I want to have that time and I have to like pull myself back. Yeah, you got to do it. Sometimes (laughs) you
1: just got to do it. And a lot of times what can happen is, and I'm going to say 80% of the time, you'll respond back to the person, read them for filth and make them feel guilty about something. Like this woman one time was like, why do you always hold a coffee mug? And I'm like, oh, I had a mini stroke in college and sometimes my hand, when I'm, Doing something, my hand wants to do something, so I hold something in my right hand, so I it looks normal. Yeah, and you know, she said it's so aggravating. You're always with a pencil or and I explained on my Instagram, and I apologized for having a stroke at 19, and the comments under this woman then felt guilty, but it was right. too late. You activated me. <laughs> I had time today, yeah. <laughs> and I'm a Scorpio, and I'm ready. Okay. So then all the other comments, she emailed me and felt so terrible. Oh, wow. And I was like, you really need to watch what you say to people. Yeah. Because I not, I'm not only a person, but I have a mother. I have sisters. Like, you need to be careful. Right. Everyone's a keyboard thug.
0: For sure. Can we talk about your – you had a stroke at 19, though?
1: I had like a little mini. I didn't realize it until I was like later in life. Like, I had a really rough 2005. I grew up in Louisiana. Mm -hmm. Long story short, my dad died, my grandmother died, my best friend committed suicide, and Hurricane Katrina hit all in the same time that I was starting college. Yeah. And I remember waking up and thinking something was odd. Like, I thought, this this is weird. Yeah. Like, I don't remember, like, the last, like week or two. And I didn't think anything of it. I think I was in denial too about everything. And I thought, oh, I just had a little Bell's palsy. They say it's like, you know, whatever, when stress is happening. And I later went to the doctor, like literally two years later, because it just kind of went away on its own. Yeah. And he was like, I think you had a stroke and you didn't know it. And I was like, wow. I was unhealthy as can be though. I was eating my feelings back then. It was a wreck.
0: I mean, I don't think anybody would have been okay to have... All three people that were close to you obviously passed away. And then Hurricane Katrina was devastating.
1: It's crazy. For the whole
0: state. And it was wild. Yeah.
1: And I was volunteering at this place where people could come for refuge. And the one job that I had was I walked around with my cell phone and someone else's cell phone, and I went from bed to bed. Just giving people five minutes to call loved ones. So for three weeks, two weeks, I was like just at the PMAC Center where LSU plays basketball, just handing out my phone and bringing my roommate's phone because he couldn't have his phone at work. And I would just, that's all I did. Wow. Yeah, it was wild.
0: So what was that like? I mean, obviously people were taking refuge. Were they trying, were their houses destroyed? Is that?
1: They didn't know. No one, no they one. They just had to leave the area, right? They had to leave. Like wow. no one had a clue. And it's. You know, it's interesting whenever you talk to people who have been through natural disasters on that level. I wasn't in New Orleans when that happened. I got out before everything, you know, went down. Mm -hmm. But when you go through something like that, life is either to you, life is precious or life you know, there are mm-hmm. people who experienced Hurricane Katrina and went back and nothing changed. Their homes still were, rot- are still rotted. They are still doing the same things that they were doing before the storm. And there are people in New Orleans who went back and said, you know what, this is my second chance. I'm going to get my life together and I'm going to get this started. So for me, it was, my life needs to start.
0: So what happened from there to where you are now? How did you get that first call to be on E!, how did you get into entertainment? Did you, I mean, you were volunteering. Yeah. (laughs) Now you're on TV. You know what I mean? You said, but you wanted to restart your life. So what did that look like?
1: So this is like a, my life has like, I'm a cat, but all nine lives have lived at once. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, I love cats.
1: Like, yeah, like people say, Oh, you have nine lives. You're a cat. I'm like, Oh, I have like, I have like nine lives, but they've all like, they're gone at once. They're like a bunch of horses, like in a state, like in a, in a race going at once. When I was like 14, I started working for this wedding planner and she would have me work on the weekends. She booked me up for like 50 weekends out the, out the year. I would do these bougie ass weddings. Um, for all these like like, Southern weddings, huge Southern weddings. Like when I tell you like, like, you know, the Cheneys were at the wedding or like, you know, there's just like things happening, very Republican, very white, very bougie. (laughs) And I was like the only black kid in the front of the house. And, um, when I was 14, one of the girls whose bridal showers we did was Allie Landry who was she was married to Mario Lopez? Okay. She was a Doritos girl. She was a Miss USA. She was like the first Doritos girl. She's an actress. She's the mom. She was like, Oh my God, you should move to LA. And I was like, Uh, you know, I'm 18. I at 14 at the time. I'm like, I can't really like just get up and go to LA. I'm, wow. in, I'm in ninth grade. Yeah three years later when Wait, I was... Wait, why
0: did she say that though? She did,
1: was just like, oh, I like your personality. Like, okay. you should live in LA. Like, yeah. you're so funny. Like, da-da-da. So
0: you're at a wedding pretty much the life of the party or she thought. Yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm
1: like, I'm doing her bridal shower. At this
0: That's point. awesome. Yeah.
1: Fast forward to 21. Her friend was getting married. I was doing another wedding again. She was a bridesmaid. So she was like, you should move to LA. And I was like, well, you know, I could, I could do it. I had a few drinks at this moment and I was like, I, c- I could actually do it now. I'm 21 and graduating college. She was like, great. When do you graduate? I was like, you know, Jan- first week of January. She goes, when do you think about moving? I'm like, you know, maybe May. So she was like, keep me in- informed and I'll help you out. And. I got a phone call like two days before I graduated and she was like, hey, are you still thinking about moving here? I was like, yeah, like probably like in May sometimes. And she was like, well, I have a friend who probably needs an assistant. So you should move here next week. Oh, wow. I was like trying my hardest to be like, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I'm kind of broke. I don't have any money. like. Yeah. And she was like, I think you should just get here and figure it out. And, you know, like, I think blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, everything pointed That's to no, but so she was like, yeah. it's going to work out. And... I packed my car up two days later. Oddly enough, and just MapQuest was big then.
0: Oh my god, I remember.
1: Printed out that. You printed, it out. <laughs> printed it out. out. Stapled it together. Put it in a folder, and drove to Los Angeles. Stayed at her house, and she was like, "I have a friend who's starting a reality show, and she doesn't know that she needs an assistant, but I think you can talk her into it." And that's how I met Kyle Richards,
0: and that was The Real Housewives of Beverly, of Beverly Hills. Hills. That's my
1: first job in LA after I graduated.
0: That's insane, and then crazy. Yeah, so do you do you keep in touch with her now?
1: Who Kyle?
0: No. Oh, yeah. Allie, sorry. Yeah, I
1: talk to that that bitch every day. We have
0: have Kyle's Instagram blogging. What are you talking about? Um,
1: (laughs) I talk to Allie all the time. Oh, that's cool. We go to dinner, you know, from time to time. We travel together. We just did a retreat in in Arizona. She's one of those people that you always want to keep in your life. Yeah. Because she's very good at manifesting. And she is a great mom, a great wife. And she puts that first, but she always keeps her name. Her name and her brand is always relevant, mm-hmm. and that's something that people in Hollywood can't really do.
0: Yeah, that's dope. And she's done it. Yeah, and she became like, I mean, she gave you that little push that you needed, you know, to ah. take a big step.
1: I wouldn't say little push.
0: Okay, she pushed you <laughs> she- off the ledge <laughs> to get your ass to LA. <laughs> she
1: shoved me right off the ridge.
0: Well, I love that. And now you're sitting here. Mm-hmm. And on the Courtside Club, we do like to take a halftime break. I have a little game for you.
1: Let's do it. <laughs>
0: I know that you're really into pop culture, but sports crosses over into pop culture as yes. well. I have a lot of quotes here. Some of them are from the entertainment space. Some are from sports. I'm going to see if you can name that person. Okay. Who said these quotes. Okay. First up, this is the that I did when I was young and I need to own it. Is this Kyle Richards, Kim K or Lisa Rinna? Kim K. Ding, 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 ding. And my Do you remember when she said that?
1: <sighs> I think when she was in the closet in her room, and the second...
0: Oh, I didn't need the exact uh, was that, <laughs> location.
1: But, was that when it but, was happening,
0: or like the the what it what she was talking about?
1: Was it the the reappearance of the sex tape? I think so. Yes. Yeah.
0: Okay. But I'm glad that you knew the exact closet that she was Can in. She's <laughs> closet
1: talking to this, Irma? All
0: right, this one, this one you might not have heard before. I think everyone is ticklish. You just got to find the right spots.
1: Okay, what freak would say this? (laughs) Okay. Like, what nasty dude would say this? We have options. It's some nasty old white dude.
0: Derek Jeter, Michelle Obama, or Kevin Spacey?
1: Kevin Spacey.
0: (laughs) Derek Jeter.
1: Oh, my God. (laughs) Derek Jeter.
0: See, I threw a little curveball because he's a sports guy, but it's not really the sportiest quote that we've heard.
1: I know, but no wonder he got Cameron Diaz and Kate Hudson.
0: (laughs) See, I love that you know everybody's significant others.
1: I'm really good at it. Yeah.
0: Next up, life is what happens when you're busy making other plans. Was this Elton John, John Lennon, or Frank Sinatra?
1: Life is what happens.
0: This is a tough one. I will say that my manager Brandon that you know threw this one
1: in okay so he's a 58 year old white man from (laughs) Amaganza so he would love I love the I want to say Elton but that's too easy it would be John Lennon because John Lennon would say that about having a baby about you know leaving the Beatles and having a baby or something
0: okay I'm not actually sure when he said this, but you're correct.
1: Yeah, Brandon's like an old white man who would listen to this, (laughs) listen to John Lennon with his top down and his SL going to get bagels in the morning in the Hamptons.
0: Wait, did you have a Louisiana accent? Is there? Never had one. Okay. It
1: was really, and by the way, if I had one, I'd be further along in my career.
0: Because whatever this accent that you just did before was pretty spot on.
1: The Hamptons one? Yeah. The bougie Hamptons. Like you're
0: pretty good. Yeah, I'm yeah. pretty good at
1: I'm pretty good at bougie like bougie people. Uh-huh. Any bougie accent I can do.
0: I think you've you've heard and seen a lot of that in your career I also. Mean,
1: I've, I've been in the lost mess <laughs> so much.
0: All right. Another sports related. You miss one hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Was this Wayne Gretzky, Matthew McConaughey, or Taylor Swift?
1: I'm gonna go with. Oh, you said sports related. I'm gonna say Wayne Gretzky.
0: Are we doing ASMR
1: now? Yeah. I'm gonna say Wayne Gretzky. (laughs) Gretzky.
0: That's correct. (laughs) All right. Never let the fear of striking out keep you from playing the game. Was this Kevin Hart, Aaron Rodgers, or Babe Ruth?
1: I'm gonna go with Kevin Hart for some odd reason.
0: This one's a throwback. This is Babe Ruth. Oh, this
1: is Babe. Oh, yeah. wow.
0: Never let the fear of striking out keep you, you from hunt. playing the game. So, you know, baseball.
1: By the way, I've never heard Babe Ruth. I don't even know what Babe Ruth sounds like. I don't even know Babe Ruth even gave a quote back in the cut. I thought he had won baseball. <laughs> I like, thought he won baseball and dropped dead. And that's, like, that that's, what, it. <laughs> that's like my like thought of Babe Ruth, that he had that one game like Rudy and then that was it. Never yeah. played again. <laughs>
0: He did a little bit more than that, and fortunately, he left us with that quote, which is pretty. Yeah, pretty it's good. a good one. Yeah,
1: DM me that one.
0: And with that, it's time for the second half. We we talked about it a little bit: the crossover between entertainment and sports. I know that you mostly cover the entertainment pop culture side, but what sports story was your favorite to talk about or cover?
1: I think the sports story that. Was fun for me this year or any year was... I mean, the last dance for me was kind of sort of... Oh, cool. The most mega thing because that was my era of like, you know, when back in the day when the bulls were coming up, it was like back when starter jackets were cool and like there was like these like sweatsuits that you would want to get with all the gear. But they're coming
0: back hard.
1: They're coming back hard. But back in the cut when all you wanted for Christmas was a Chicago Bulls starter jacket, but you couldn't get it because it was sold out. So you had True. to go at Orlando, but you weren't really <laughs> into Orlando. You just were pissed. Or We used to go to the mall. These kids these days that go to like for the Kanye drops and shit, where they put out like 200 sneakers and they're like, oh my God, it's sold out. Michael Jordan used to ship tens of thousands of pairs of shoes to Foot Lockers. And there were people trying to line up and get them. And even though you were there since two o'clock that morning, by the time you got in the store at 10 o'clock, you had to get a size that was two sizes too big, but you didn't give a because you just wanted to show up at school with them. And you saved every dollar to make it to 175 76 with tax. And you just wanted to get them. It was a different era. I think That era for me was so magnificent because there was no Instagram. You didn't know anything. You know, you just, nobody was accessible back then. And I miss those days.
0: Is that what you feel is different from like celebrity and athlete culture now?
1: Oh, for sure. I feel like celebrity and athlete culture because we have, there's so much, you know. Back in the day, you picked your sport. Like, you had your A sport, which was basketball. You had your A team, which, you know, for me was the Bulls. And every team had two superstars. You know what I mean? There was two people on a team who you just knew by name. They were the ones. I feel like now not every team has that. Or if they do, they're just lost in sauce.
0: I I feel like with how the media covers sports nowadays also, it's not even – the teams don't matter as much. It is more about the individual players. But what we're seeing now is a lot of these individual players and superstars are switching teams so often besides the Warriors being that one team that like yeah. Steph Curry and Clay and all of them have stayed. But that makes them a very likable team. But now we have LeBron switching, going all these different places, KD doing the same thing. And then at the same time, I think you said the word accessible. I feel like that's been something that's changed in sports also because everybody has social media. Everybody has, uh, an interview on some podcast or yeah. some outlet. You know what I mean? And, and Michael Jordan back in the day, it kind of gave him that like superhero yeah. feel because nobody could touch him. We didn't know what the heck was going on when he went home. Oh, you know?
1: we all, no, we all knew. Let's be let's be real. We all knew what was going on. You read a tabloid or two and you can pick it up. But you said something so interesting and I think a lot of times people put it on the players that players switch teams all the time, but in all actuality, back in the day, you're right. Like Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, mm-hmm. they were not only connected to a team, but they were connected to a city. Yeah, exactly. But The NBA became something bigger and they started treating these guys like chess pieces, trading them here, trading them Mm -hmm. there. And back in the day, you stuck with it. You went to a team and you stuck with a team unless someone called you and said, listen, I want to win a championship here and I need you to do it. I'm going to come with you and you're going to take the brunt, but we'll be fine. Now I feel like players are just, it's all about the money. It's mm-hmm. all about what you can get out of it instead of having that loyalty to a city. Right. You know what I mean?
0: I think, I think there's also the element of some guys want to live in different cities for other opportunities. And even LeBron being the easiest example, like would obviously love to come to LA because he's getting into the entertainment space well, heavy. who
1: wants to live in Utah?
0: True. Like- I mean, I'm from Akron, Ohio. And so I also don't live in Akron anymore. You yeah. know, and it's, it's not a knock. I love where I grow up and I'll appreciate it forever, but, but I don't want to be in Cleveland in the winter. But, exactly. <laughs> right. Like, are
1: you like, it's like, it's so wild. Are you going to go to like Detroit or are you going to try to go to New York? Like, right. It, it is what it is, but I I think that people, there needs to be more of legacy players who, you know, Karl Malone was Utah Jazz, Shaq mm-hmm. had a moment in Orlando, Penny Hardaway, you know, you just had uh, Gary, um who played for Peyton. the Sonics, you know, you just had all of these people who were synonymous.
0: Allen Iverson with the Sixers. Come on, yeah. like
1: you knew what, what time it was. And when you bought a jersey, you can have that <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> years on end now you have to like buy a jersey because this one's going here and there and it's not the same it's not what it used to be but you know i think social media kind of ruined it for us too like i don't want to know how many baby mamas you have i don't need cam newton on a podcast telling me about like the times he fucked up and how he had another baby with some i i I want to no 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 i want to I, wanna, I want to, which is
0: actually funny coming from you, in a sense, because the entertainment space is different. Where like a lot of these storylines in the entertainment space is who you're dating, who you're married to,
1: yes, that
0: kind of culture. But you're saying with sports, you like for there to be that separation. I like it.
1: Okay, <laughs> I also like like there are a few superstars left in life, and I'm gonna give the break perfect, it down. I'm gonna give a perfect example. Tom Cruise is a superstar. I don't know where Tom Cruise is getting his coffee from. I don't know who he's. I don't know who, you know, where he's gone to get his oil change. I don't know when he's on a first class flight or in the Emirates. You don't know a lot about Tom Cruise. So that fantasy for you is there. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like you said, you didn't know a lot about Michael Jordan back in the cut. Right. Like I loved those moments. I just feel like now. We just know too much.
0: Yeah. Do you think that that puts more pressure on today's players having, you know, the spotlight on them at all times or them having more ways to mess up?
1: No, I actually think it makes it easier for them to make a name for themselves. Very true. I think that it is a blessing and a curse. You know, we don't have... Two, you know, superstars per team, but you have five people on a roster who can make a name for themselves. You have what we know who, um, you know, Tristan Thompson was, (laughs) you know, if it wasn't for his terrible pullout game and social media, probably not. Would I know Devin Booker? Like, you know, like, you know, like it's like you, you see these people that have, Figure it out. The social Unfortunately, game.
0: you picked the two where it's just like their dating life. The dating life. Like, <laughs> right. You know what I mean? But, but still. But still. It was true. truth. Like, yeah. Would I
1: know anything about, would I care or be invested in them if they weren't out and, you know, in front of me all the time? Mm-hmm. And the answer is probably no. Like, But Grant Hill did it back in the day before social media. Grant Hill was dating like a singer named Tamia, and it became this big old thing. And what's his name who dated Eva Longoria? Because, you know, and it Tony became- Tony Parker. Tony Parker. Would I know who Tony Parker was if you didn't date <laughs> Eva Longoria? Wasn't on the cover of People Magazine for his wedding? No. Yeah. They just figured out the game and how to do it before anybody else did it.
0: But I I think in a way, too, because even my parents, I've interviewed a ton of athletes for different shows that I've worked on. And my parents actually get more invested in the athletes when they see their interviews, if they're nice people or they have an interesting story. And then they'll be like, oh, I want to watch the Utah Jazz because – so and so is playing for them that they, that's like a bench player though, yeah. who they didn't know before. So I think whether it's dating somebody or just like having a, a cool moment in a movie, it's those personal connections yeah. that make you more invested in the team since people, like you said, maybe aren't invested in like a certain city as yeah. much anymore.
1: But it's harder to get those one-off moments.
0: Oh, absolutely. To
1: pop because there's absolutely. so much going on. I remember, you know, I mean, space jam like that was huge or like watching Sesame Street and you had this six foot seven dude next to Elmo. Right. Like, are you seeing like your favorite Arsenio Hall? Shaq was on Arsenio Hall. All your favorite superstars were making these big moves. Now I just feel like it's
0: saturated. nobody's on
1: Oprah. Nobody's going on, um on GMA, mm-hmm. like unless you're LeBron, unless you're, you know, Steph Curry, unless you're doing those things, like you don't get those moments anymore because it's yeah. so saturated.
0: But talk about a family who's branded themselves really well in the Currys. So smart. Steph and Aisha. And so smart. their family's so beautiful and cute and so quirky. Smart. Yeah. It's
1: just so smart.
0: Is there any storyline in sports right now that you've been following or that interests you? It doesn't have to be basketball, it could be anything.
1: You know, I've been following this whole Kyrie Irving. Okay. They, it just, you know, when I go to the barbershop, I kind of tune in and try to act butch and like listen to things and like, <laughs> you know, like try to act like, like I'm like, you know, like I'm interested. But um, aside from that, I love this Roger Federer versus, um, Nadal. Tennis. Like I, like oh, I, yeah, yeah. I just to me, tennis is one of those. Things I didn't grow up watching. So now to jump in and have like this full, like immersion of like this like bougie, yet classy, yet raw sport. And just to see the rivalry. rivalry, It's,
0: and it's two greats that we don't know if we'll see
1: 100%. Again, you know, and also watching like, you're watching the last of a, of a, of a, like just like a species, like, once Serena Williams is done, which is not anytime soon, that's it. Like, right. I don't know if anybody else is going to be able to do it.
0: Well, that's something that's interesting to me about sports because we're living in a time where there are some legends in the making that we've taken a little bit of advantage of. You know, the last one I feel like was, was Kobe or, you know, Tom Brady retired for a second, but yeah. people like that. But okay. When Tom Brady leaves, when LeBron leaves, when Serena, Nadal, you know who is next, so it'll be interesting to see.
1: I think you'll have a Joe Burrow will be a good move okay. for you. Yeah, yeah, I think Joe Burrow is going to be fun. You know, he's not going to uh, Johnny Menzel it. He's going to come through. <laughs> <laughs> he will not this <laughs> up like Johnny Menzel. I'm so God, excited about our that Browns, man. <laughs> he had it. He had it all. He did. Have he was going to be the one. Um I think you'll have a moment. I think Shaq's son. Is going to do same thing that his dad did, Sharif. Sharif, where he's going to awesome brand kid. himself the right way, and he's going to do that because his dad has done it better than anyone Anybody. else, minus New Dog. For some reason. Snoop Dogg's man, branding people. But did you
0: hear Snoop on uh, Impulsive, I think it was, when he was saying that he's trying to get to the level of Shaq? Because he thinks Shaq is the only one who's done it better than him. It's wild. It's neck and neck. It's neck and for neck. Sure. It's yeah. like
1: super wild. But like Shaq has figured out a way to do it. And I think he's going to not only make Sharif do it, but he's going to show him the way. Yeah. You know what I mean?
0: All right, people, we're brought to you by Caesars Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app ever, and honestly, the only one you need. It's not just about the big bonuses and boosts and promos that you get. It's the fact that every time you bet, whether you win or lose, you're earning towards the types of perks only Caesars can offer, free stays, concert tickets, bonuses, and more. That's because when you download the Caesars Sportsbook app, you become a Caesars Rewards member, and that means perks. Must be 21 or older to gamble. Gambling problem? Call or text 1-800-522-4700. Speaking of tennis, you've been playing a little bit. You know what?
1: I picked it up in COVID.
0: Nice. How's that going?
1: It's interesting. I can say this because I know my tennis coach is not going to watch this or listen to this, but he is the bomb. He is amazing. I just thought, always thought, I was gonna have an affair with my tennis coach. Like I was like picking (laughs) people. It hasn't happened yet. (laughs) No, I was just picking people based on, you know, like, oh, this guy's hot. He's they're they're all Australian or British, and they're all hot. And like I'm like I'm into this. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna do the full waspy thing where I have like a a illicit affair with him and then have (laughs) to like leave him. And I went into it thinking that that was gonna happen. And the guy I had, I, I, I it was close. And then he was like, I have to move back to Australia, but I have this guy named Graham who's going to like take over. And I'm like, Ooh, Graham, that sounds ugly. (laughs) Graham is like 55, like white from like Long Beach. Like looks like he's like, you know, like is like a lifeguard for like 90 years, like and cute, but like I'm not sleeping with Graham, but it's good because Graham is great. And he's like, my therapist, and I'm not going to lie, I'm almost ready to join a league.
0: Really? Yeah. Do you know what level you are?
1: (laughs) The earliest one.
0: Okay, so like three, maybe. My parents play, so that's how I know the like rec levels.
1: Well, I can play. I mean, I'm really good at playing. I just can't serve yet. I haven't gotten there yet.
0: I say go go for it. You should join a league. And honestly, there's going to be more hot guys in the league if you think about it
1: but i have to get my i I don't have my look down pack i don't know what like my lettering is going to be am i going to use my first initial middle initial and last name (laughs) am i going to just do my first initial what country am i going to play for am i going to do my 23 and me and figure out my you know senegal like i don't know what i'm going to do i need to have like my whole brand down pack should i get a sleeve tattoo no one does that you know what i mean like
0: I, the, the options are endless. The options are Seriously. endless.
1: But I want to make sure when Nadal whips my ass in the first round in three that I look good while I'm going down.
0: Absolutely. Look good, play good. Right? That's what I always say. Well, Justin, we are reaching the end of the game. So I have some courtside buzzer beaters yeah, for let's you. do it. Cool.
1: Sorry, I've been drinking this coffee like it was like the last hit of my life. Go for it. God, I'm just... <laughs>
0: We you have great game, coffee like, on the courtside coffee. club. Yeah. Tune in for more.
1: You could have gave me ice shoe water. I probably would have.
0: <laughs> All right. Break down your ideal courtside fit.
1: Ooh. You know what? I'm going to get one of those old starter jackets from like.
0: But the bulls, right? The bulls. This time. Whatever,
1: whatever game I'm going to.
0: Okay.
1: With like just a white tee, a cute like chain, just like a, you know, Cuban link with like some cargoes, some old Jays. And we're keeping it at that.
0: Love it. Yeah. Ideal food and drink combo while sitting courtside. Oh,
1: I don't know why I turn into the biggest like POS. All I want at a game is like a chorus light with the foam. And I'm going to have, I'm going to have a hot dog, but I'm going to eat it in secret. (laughs) Because I don't want anyone to see me eat the hot dog. Yeah. But I'm going to have it.
0: You know, there's a lot of cameras on you when you're courtside, so you got to be real discreet. But I'm going to
1: eat it on the way to the seats. Okay, got it. And then I'm just going to sit with that that, with that light course Light. And just, like it's like the best bottle of champagne I've ever had. Love that. Oh, when I'm at a game, get ready.
0: What is the best game that you've been courtside or fieldside at?
1: Always LSU, Alabama. Football? Football.
0: Oh, wow. That's a big one. It's
1: always, it's the weekend of my birthday. I always go in, it always gets lit, and it's always daylight savings time.
0: That's cool. So you
1: get an extra hour. Right. Yeah.
0: That's a good one. Yeah,
1: they know what they're doing down there.
0: (laughs) Who was one person dead or alive that you would love to sit courtside with?
1: Oh, I want to sit next to Spike Lee. I want to sit in between Jack Nicholson and Spike Lee because they seem like the most passionate people. And I just want to – because he got in trouble a few times. I want to know what Spike Lee's saying on the side of the court. Or sit next to Drake when he's talking –
0: yeah. That's he, what I want to know. He always like brings some sort of drama when he's sitting courtside, though. Drake does. Yeah. He gets himself on camera no matter what. He's He'll- like
1: the Taylor Swift of a basketball game. Like, True. If you go to like a award show, you always see Taylor Swift like dancing oh, on yeah, the side. Oh yeah, some awkward Yeah, dance. Yeah, he's yeah, like, yeah. He's like the Taylor Swift of basketball.
0: By the way, um, so I was at All Star this year and it was it was um uh, college basketball game that they were presenting at NBA All-Star weekend and there were three courtside rows directly in front of me was Spike Lee and directly um behind me was Adam Silver the NBA commissioner oh my God, I would love so it. yeah it was I would cool love it. i talked to both of them cuz i i had interviewed spike before but i thought i had to tell you that i wasn't directly next to him but you know that's all you need same vicinity yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. and last question what is one event in history it could be sporting or otherwise that you would have loved to have been courtside for
1: i feel like and this is going to sound so stupid, and you're going to be like, "I don't understand why," but I would have loved to watch David Hasselhoff sing as the Berlin Wall was coming down. I know that sounds so random. I know that it sounds, is, but it's
0: okay. I know it sounds yeah. so
1: random, but I. <laughs> <laughs> But, like, on all those, like, VH1 specials yeah. or like anything on, like, on CNN, they talk about that monumental moment. Right. And I don't connect with it, but I truly want to, I want to be there to, like, to see it. Right. Because people felt like. It was such a monumental moment. And I get why. So I just want to be there to experience it. So yeah. I can say, oh, I was I get it. I get it.
0: No, that's a good one. Do you know
1: even you know what I'm talking about?
0: Mm-mm, no. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? I mean, I know the Berlin Wall and I know who David Hasselhoff is. I didn't know that they ever mixed.
1: So when I was a kid, VH1 was like I, I remember the summer we got like MTV or VH1. Yeah. And they used to do these like specials, like you know, like what's happening or, you know, whatever. And for some reason, that was such a huge moment. And it was before things were broadcast all over the world, but they made it like, it was like, but, and I get it. I get it. He's like German. And like, he was singing, like as the wall came down and it was like, I think it would be like,
0: for sure. The Equivalent
1: of Maluma going to the wall when the wall gets broken down in ten years when that wall finally comes down yeah. between America and, and Mexico and singing. Like it just was like I I don't get I know I know it sounds so crazy.
0: No, I love that. We and we've had some answers that are kind of like off not like sporting yeah. events, you know.
1: I want to see that or when Diana Ross came in on that helicopter at the Super Bowl. You don't even know about that one, do you?
0: No, but I know who Diana Ross is. Oh my god, it's the greatest. But I can only imagine too, because again, no social media, none of that.
1: She came in on a helicopter and left on a helicopter. (laughs) Like, not like, 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 not like in a helicopter, like holding on, waving with that hair going everywhere, almost in the propeller. Like it was (laughs) like literally.
0: Honestly. Well, Justin, you're iconic. Thank you so much for coming on the courtside club. Thank
1: you. I'm so sorry to ESPN. I curse a lot.
0: No, we're introducing you to the sports audience in case you ever want to make this crossover. Let people know, by the way, where they can find you on socials and on TV.
1: You can find me at Justin A. Sylvester on Instagram or Justin Sylvester TV on TikTok. Or you can watch Daily Pop every weekday at 11, 10 central.
0: Perfect. Thank, Thank you so you. much. Make sure that you guys like and subscribe and we'll see you next time. Bye. Oh, my
1: God. <laughs> Sponsored by Ice Coffee. <laughs>